Hi, this is John Marks, and I'm the administrative pastor here at Waterside Church. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast channel, where we upload weekly teachings from our senior elder Larry Titus and guests. Our hope is that these messages inspire you to grow your faith on a deeper level as we learn and lead together. Enjoy the message. So this happens to be Pentecost Sunday, which means that it's on the 50th day. That's what the word Pentecost means. The 50th day, Shavuot, is the Hebrew word, which means the same thing. It's the feast of the first fruits of the wheat harvest, 50 days after Pesach, Passover. I want you to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying tonight. Because I believe in it, it's more than just a sermon, more than just a message. I believe that God is doing something in our generation that we have not seen ever before. Even at the first Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came. But I believe the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the glory of the former. And I believe that the glory that fell in the upper room 2,000 years ago, according to Isaiah 6, According to the prophecy of Habakkuk, chapter number two, the glory of the Lord in these last days will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. We talk about how bad sin is getting, but we forget that grace and mercy is far greater. So whatever sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So we're living in the day, the generation where Jesus is coming back again. I don't know if there has been an ever, any generation ever as blessed as this one that we get to see the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, how do you know? Well, I don't, but I'm gonna give you some scriptures that might give a little bit of clue. I'm going to be quoting some scriptures out of Luke chapter number 24, uh, verse number 49 specifically, chapter number 24 of Luke's gospel. Verse number 49, behold, I am sending the promise of my Father Behold, is a Hebrew, amen, amen, truly, truly, verily, verily. It means listen up. This is something you must hear. I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. Notice he calls it a promise. He will, he will do that again. Luke wrote this, by the way. Luke was quoting from Jesus in his final words. And it will quote again in another book that he wrote, which is the book of Acts. So in Acts chapter 1, verse number 4, he said, but you are wait." in this city in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. Uh, That echoes Jesus' own words in John 14, 26, where it says, I will ask the Father, he will send you another parakletos, even the spirit of truth who will be with you forever. What is the promise? The promise is that the third person of the Trinity is going to be coming administratively to this earth. So the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Together from eternity, the Father sent his Son. The Son is now returning to the Father. And the Father, at the request of the Son, will be giving that that he promised the Son. This third member of the Trinity that will live inside you. The third member of the Trinity. But you're to stay in the city, and he makes it more specific in Acts 1. In the city of Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power. I want to give you the word clothed, and the Greek is in duo. In duo, we hear, uh, there's a word similar, endowed or endued. 
This means clothed. It's the Latin word for clothed. So the Bible says in Colossians, we are to be clothed with Jesus. Same thing in Galatians. We are to be clothed with Jesus. The Bible says that he was clothed in dude. In Revelation chapter 1, verse number 15, with a robe of white reaching down to his feet. Spoken again, Revelation 15, he was clothed in dude with a robe. Again, in Revelation 19, when he comes back again, he will be clothed in dude. Now, is this a little interesting to you? That Jesus would use the word for putting on a garment, completely clothe yourself in a garment, and that word is in duo with, but he doesn't say clothes, he says power, which is the word dynamite. You're going to be clothed with dynamite, which makes it very dangerous. <laughs> a couple of sermons ago at Waterside Church, uh, in fact, probably about four months ago at Waterside Church, I was talking about a friend of ours who in the, in the 50s had driven his uh, truck loaded with dynamite uh, to a city in Oregon and parked his car, his truck there, and went to a motel several blocks away and spent the night there. And, the, and early in the morning, the lumber yard caught on fire, and then the truck caught on fire and literally laid, demolished an entire city. Uh, the power of dynamite, that's where we get our word dynamite, is from the word dunamis, which means power. Di- dynamite discovered by a Swedish man. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing that, that we would give a peace prize to the man who invented dynamite. That has killed so many people. But the word dynamite is powerful in the scripture because it means the miracles of Jesus. It means the works of Jesus. Dynamite. I remember in Mark chapter number five, a woman just touched his in duo and was healed. Do you remember that? Because he was clothed with power. How do we know that? Because the book of Luke again says, chapter four, verse number 14, that he went into, came out of the wilderness in the dunamis of the Holy Spirit. So we know he was born of the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, empowered of the, led of the Spirit, empowered of the Spirit, and anointed of the Holy Spirit, clothed with dynamite. Uh, I, I'm going to bring the point home because on the 50th day, The 50th day after the Passover, Jesus had just spoken to them 10 days earlier and then with two angels standing beside him, two men standing beside him, he ascended and said, I will come back just as you have seen me, said the angels, said the men. And whenever he said these things, he departed and said, wait here for 10 more days. Now we know they had already received the Holy Spirit, don't we? Because in the upper room on the same night that he rose from the dead, the Bible says, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. John chapter 20, verse number 22. So they had already been born of the Holy Spirit. But the difference between being born of the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them and then when he sent a cyclonic wind and when he sent the wind to fill the house. Now, now let's go back a little bit. He has ascended, said, stay here for 10 more days. They had a little conflat, decided to choose one more individual who had been with them from the beginning. They chose Matthias, 
and uh, he became part of the 12. They remained 120 of them. What did they do? They remained in prayer for those next 10 days, Acts 1.14. Then whenever it comes around to Acts chapter number two, they were all in one place, the King James says, in one accord, to get 120 Jewish people in one mind, in one place, for 10 days without having a fight. Must have been a miracle as great as having 120 Christians in one place. For 10 days, in a smelly upper room, it happened to be the same upper room as the Last Supper. Most likely the home of John Mark. They were in the upper room. They had previously closed the doors to the upper room for fear of the Jews, but they no longer feared the Jews. So the Bible says they waited in prayer for 10 days. Notice the timing of God, because everything that God does, he does in time. So Jesus, his birth, Jesus, his death, at the exact moment the Passover lamb is being slain, and the high priest is saying, it is finished, tell us, in the temple, and the veil has been written. Jesus at that second is saying exact same words, it is finished, the Passover lamb. Everything is precise according to the day, the minute, the hour, the second. Now we're coming to the day of Pentecost, and I'm going to take a little caveat, a little qualified uh, journey away from it for a second to say that if Jesus was crucified at Passover, experienced the Feast of Unleavened Bread in the sepulcher, and experienced the resurrection at the festival of the first fruits, and now has given the disciples the command to stay in Jerusalem until this specific day, another feast. Is it likely that the next festival that will occur is the Feast of Trumpets that the Lord will return on the Feast of Trumpets? I can't imagine the Lord returning on any other day but the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. Can you? Why would he miss one of the appointed festival days? What year? We do not know. But we do know when. We know that Jesus will fulfill every single festival and the Festival Atonement, the Day of Atonement, and then what we call the Tabernacles, Sukkot, the, fest, the Feast of Weeks. Now we have the Tabernacles. Rather, We will now look again at the Festival of Pentecost. Now this, I'm not saying this prophetically. I am just saying it's a possibility. That this Sunday, whether you know it or not, the Holy Spirit is blowing globally. Whether you know it or not, I even believe retroactively, going back to 50 days earlier, I believe something so special happened to Passover. When everybody was being in lockdown globally and multitudes were getting saved, I believe the blood of Jesus Christ was being poured out on the lintels of the doorposts of house all over the globe, over 7.56 billion people. I believe Jesus today is blowing. But remember, when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, he didn't breathe. It was a cyclonic wind. 
It means a wind so strong you couldn't have shuttered the doors or windows had you tried. It means a wind so strong nobody had ever seen anything like it. And tongues of fire lit upon 120 individuals. And they all began speak languages. I'll tell you how many nations were there. And I'll tell you the multitude, because the Bible really is interesting how it gives numbers to everything. It tells you in the previous chapter there were 120 in the upper room. It tells you that there were 15 nations that were listening in their own languages. So we know it was more than the 12 disciples in the upper room unless they were bilingual (laughs) multiple times. And we know that 3,000 saved are are going to be saved on that one occasion. So we know that there were Parthians and Medes and Elamites. That means the easterly people, the residents of Mesopotamia. It means the residents of Judea, which is going to include the rest of Galilee and Samaria and Judea, the entire thing. It's going to be talking about Pontus and Asia and Pamphylia and and Phrygia, and it's going to be talking about Egypt and, and Libya and the areas around Cyrene and Crete and Rome and Arabia. So that means if there are 120 people in the upper room, that means we've got that we're going to have at least eight different languages being spoken by each individual. Eight different languages. There's going to be eight different languages that are going to circulate if you're going to make up the total amount of people that are in the room and the amount of nations as is divided. They began rushing. A multitude began rushing. What drew them? The languages? What drew them? The, the wind? What drew them? The report of the, the, the pillars, of, not the pillars, but the tongues of fire? What drew them? They all began to rush toward Mount Zion. They all began to rush toward Mount Zion. That's not far from the colonnades that they considered their place of prayer of Solomon's temple. That's not far where they were going to continue to meet as, as their prayer room with the early church. But I want you to notice something so specific as they were clothed with power. And it makes me wonder if maybe as God pours out his spirit again in these last days, is it possible that we might experience that dunamis of the Holy Spirit. I want you to look at one individual whose name is Peter. Peter probably had his foot in his mouth more than any person I've ever seen and only took out his foot long enough to change feet. Peter said every, while Jesus was rebuking demons, he was rebuking children. Whenever Jesus took one moment to say, blessed art thou, a few verses later he has to say, get behind me, Satan. While Jesus is just to be taken, about to be taken captive, Peter is whipping out his sword and cutting off somebody's ear, so insignificant as a servant of the high priest Caiaphas. Peter is the one that says, I will never deny you, and Jesus said three times for you. Peter is the one that says, Lord, uh, I, I, you, I don't want you to touch my feet. And the Lord says, Peter, well, I have nothing to do with you if I can't wash your feet. And Peter said, well, then I want a bath. You know, it's just, Peter, change feet again, will you please? It, Peter, yet God would choose to use this man that had made such a, 
What should I say? I don't want to say fool of himself because he was sincere, but Peter, you know, really. I mean, I, I just can't imagine that you, one person, could get so in so much trouble even after Jesus rose again. And everybody said, Jesus is on the shore. You jump in the lake because you're nearly naked. What is going on here? And you've even gone back to your fishing. Then you can't tell Jesus that you really love him as deeply as he loves you. Jesus said, Peter, whenever you stay in Jerusalem, I'm going to clothe you with power. And the one who is not only, what should I say, awkward in his response, but one who would lack just the minimal things, that we would even choose him to preach. And he preaches his first sermon, and 3,000 people are saved and added to the church on the first day. Then he goes on to bring healing to a lame man in chapter number three. He goes on to conduct a prayer meeting and to give an eloquent sermon in chapter four of Acts. In chapter number five of Acts, the Bible says, as he walked by the shadow of Peter falling on people, they got healed. The same man that became the voice of the Jerusalem church. The same man that wrote our epistles that relate to us as living stones. The same man that is going to be delivered from prison in Acts chapter number 12. Talk about clothing. And it's not just Peter. Why why can't we understand that this third member of the Trinity came to this earth for the purpose of clothing the church with the power of God that we might do the works of Jesus Christ? Why can't we understand that he said we will be witnesses globally? And that Peter that was clothed with the tattered rags of less than his humanity, I mean, just... Just one mistake after another and, and all of the things that you could possibly do to mess things up. And yet Jesus said, I'm going to clothe you with power. And as I've been praying for this message, many, many nights in a row and through the night and through the daytime and studying, clothed with power. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. It's not that he just wants us to be nice little people. He wants us to be clothed with the same Holy Spirit that he had. He wants us to experience the same power. I don't believe God wanted us to live important lives. Two weeks ago, as I stood up here and spoke, I spoke with paralysis in my eye, spoke with paralysis in my mouth, and had difficulties. My words were slurred, and I discovered that same night after the uh, videotaping was over, and I went to the hospital. They discovered Bell's palsy, and I know it can last for months. It can last for years. In many cases, it's permanent. But I got an, I got a text the very same night of a little 11-year-old boy, Evan uh, Montano in, uh, in Florida. 11-year-old, he and his dad come into agreement. Matthew chapter number 10, praying for me. Verse 19, praying for me. The same night they noticed something was wrong. I believe God can clothe 11-year-old boys with the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe God can use kids to lay hands on people. And Peter stood up and began to preach from Joel's prophecy. And he said, your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. 
Your young men are going to have visions and your old men are going to dream dreams and I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I personally do not believe that on the day of Pentecost that was God's ultimate outpouring. I believe it was the beginning of a river. I believe it was the beginning of a deluge. I believe it was the beginning of the fire falling from heaven to ignite people. And I've seen people all over the globe that had no qualifications. God would touch their tongue and make them so eloquent. Ravi Zacharias had passed away just a few days ago. I was listening as he was sharing his testimony. As in the hospital, he tried, had tried to commit suicide by drinking poison. And yet God raised him up, touched his tongue, and made him a voice of apologetics. I believe in the tongues of the Holy Spirit. That fire of God that ignites us. I believe in the breath of the Holy Spirit. That cyclonic breath that can save multitudes in a second of time. 3,000 of the day of Pentecost. I grew up in California. My brother and his family, Ron, Shirley, their family. In fact, my brother Ron's granddaughter, Deborah, is our accompanist, flautist, keyboard player for us, piano player for us. All of our family grew up, her, her dad, we all grew up in Fresno, California. We have a uh, national park not too far from Fresno called Yosemite. Yosemite National Park has all these spectacular glacier peaks. It looked like somebody sliced it with a massive knife, like a loaf of bread, just half dome, just sliced right down to the bottom, or any of the any other peaks that are so spectacular. Yosemite, small valley floor, but these majestic glacier-carved mountains. Well, when I was a child, my brother was a child, our family would camp there quite often. The valley floor, they would do something at night. One of the taller peaks, they would burn a fire all day long, just a massive, massive fire and turn, until it turned into bright embers. And down on the valley floor, when all the sun, when the sun had gone down, all of the campers would gather together in, the, in that central camp and you would look straight above you, and as they turned all the lights off, you could see the glowing embers. They would turn the public address system off, and you would hear the MC cup his hands to his mouth and yell to the top of that peak. Is the fire ready? Is the fire ready? And you would hear the distant voice, the fire is ready. And then he would respond, let the fire fall. I guess massive bulldozers or however they pushed it off would push a river of fire over the top of the mountain to fall hundreds and hundreds of feet to the valley below. I believe that Jesus spent three and a half years saying to the Father, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? 
for the promise of the Father. And the Father said, we are ready. So Jesus said, I want you to stay in Jerusalem because we're going to let the fire fall. When the fire fell, 120 people and 12 nondescript Galileans started a fire that has burned around the world. But I don't believe the fire has faltered or failed or been snuffed out. I believe in these days and on this day of Pentecost, I sense in my spirit prophetically that the wind is blowing and God is igniting tongues globally to speak as his witness. And I pray that God take every part of your life and ignite it, especially your tongue. That tongue that James says is set on fire of hell and set it on fire of heaven. That we can be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. I pray that the Holy Spirit of God cover this earth as the waters cover the sea. And we will experience the clothing of dunamis, the clothing of the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray right now, as you're watching me, I pray it fill your car, I pray it fill your living room, I feel it, pray it fill you, your vessel right here. I pray God clothe you with power, that the devil gets nervous just seeing you come around, that he puts you on his 10 most wanted list, that you become a terrorist for Jesus and against the devil. I pray the Holy Spirit ignites you, clothes you, endues you with power. I don't know if that's your prayer. I, you know, for, for all of those that just want a little bit of Holy Spirit, I'm not preaching to you. I want those that are so hungry for God that the same anointing that Jesus had where demons screamed and left people. For the blind saw, and the deaf heard, and the paralyzed walk, where sinners fluttered to him to be set free. Jesus, clothe us on this day with the power of your Holy Spirit. Clothe us, do us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us today. I want to thank all of you who support our ministry and make this possible. If you'd like to partner with us, simply click the link in the description for more info. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel in order to be notified of future episodes. For more information on service times and location, please visit watersidechurch.com. Have a blessed day in Jesus and go be the church.